All right, we can turn our Bibles this morning to John chapter 6. Uh, we'll start reading about verse 27. We're going to look at a lot of different passages today. <clears throat> We're going to start with John uh, chapter 6. So, <clears throat> we started last week with the idea that we need to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks the reason for the hope that we have. And we're talking about this idea of um, knowing what we believe and why. And as I'm thinking about this, this idea of knowing what I believe, <clears throat> I'm just struck by this word believe, right? Like, I see this word believe just about anywhere and everywhere. I don't, I don't know, especially around Christmas time, people will put up Christmassy things and they'll say believe. The other day, I think I walked into like a, the bathroom at the haircut place. I'm not exactly sure where. It was just a bathroom somewhere. And on the wall, there's a sign that says believe. And I'm like, do we really need that kind of encouragement? Well, no, I'm just... <laughs> anyway, but like you'll see these, these signs everywhere that just say believe, right? And I, I remember, I know I've, I've shared this story before, but, it, but, it, but it's been a while. One uh, Fourth of July, we were over at Bob and Ernestine's, and we're lighting off fireworks, and uh, my brother-in-law is out there, and all the cousins are around, and uh, he's li- trying to light a firework, and it won't start. It won't light, and one of the cousins just shouts out, just believe, mom, you know, and like she's just waiting for this thing to start, and as you see this phrase believe, and we use this word believe all of the time, and every time I see it, I'm just struck because I'm like, believe what? Like, believe in happy, good feelings that it's all going to get better one day? Like, believe what? Like, it's just this idea that you'll see this kind of in in our society, in our culture, well, we just got to believe that things are going to get better. Why? Why would you believe that things are going to get better? Have you seen What's going on? Have you seen the decisions some people are making? Have, have, have you seen the way the world is trending? Yes, I want to think that things are going to get better. But if belief is just something that I use to kind of comfort me and make me feel better, and if it's not founded on anything, then it doesn't mean anything. The phrase just believe means nothing if there is not something that you believe in or not someone whom you trust. And so as we begin to talk about knowing what we believe and why we believe it, we first have to stop and say, what does it mean to believe? So today, we're going to talk about faith, the biblical idea of faith. What does God mean when he calls us to a relationship of faith, when he says that we ought to believe in him, right? We're familiar with the verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What does it really mean to believe? And we're going to be looking at the role and and the nature of faith today. And we're going to start here with John chapter 6. Just a little background. This is coming right off the heels of Jesus feeding the multitude. All right? So Jesus, he's teaching, he has compassion on them, they're out in a place where they need food, and he multiplies the loaves, and he feeds thousands, all right? So Jesus gets in a boat, he goes to the other side, and the crowd is looking for him, they, they go uh, uh, to the other side of the lake following him, 
And Jesus kind of confronts them. We'll actually start reading in verse 25 of John 6. It says here that when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's really interesting, right? So, so the people are after him because, hey, he just did a miracle. He fed them. Hey, we, we're needed in a place where we need more food. And they're kind of pursuing for the things that Jesus offers rather than Jesus himself, right? And so he warns him. He's like, hey, you know, this food that I'm handing out, it's going to spoil. It's going to fade. It's not going to last. You should do the, look for things that are going to last. And they ask this question, <clears throat> well, what are the works of God that we should do? And it's really interesting, his answer because he doesn't really necessarily reply with something that we would consider a work. He said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So our, our primary act, the thing that we're supposed to do as we're pursuing God, is to believe in him, is to believe in Jesus. Now, a lot of times we think, like, we get into this human mindset of we've got to be good and, and do the right thing in order to please God. And we'll get to that in a minute. That, that's kind of involved in our acts of faith, right? But, but the primary thing that we're supposed to do as we're seeking God is to believe in Jesus. So again, what does it mean to believe? <clears throat> well, there are some misconceptions about faith. And you'll hear these um, all over the place on TV, on the in- internet, um, in conversation with people, you'll, you'll hear these types of things. And people don't really have a grasp of what it means to, to believe. And that's why we can just say, like, that sign on the wall just says believe. And it can mean whatever it is that you want it to mean, right? So um, maybe you've heard someone say something like this. Um, faith is believing in something for which there's no evidence, Anybody ever heard a phrase like that? that? That's not what the Bible means by faith. It is not believing in something for which there's no evidence. It's not like we say, well, I've got no reason to believe it. I just do because it, it makes me feel good or something like that. Like there's no evidence, but I'm just going to hope that this is the case. That's not what the Bible means when it's talking about faith. See, to, to have that mindset, It would be like God just requiring you to set your mind aside, set your thinking aside, and just worship him without using the intellect that he gave you. God is not requiring you to check your mind at the door when you come to him in faith. The scripture says that we're to love God with what? All our heart, all our soul, all our strength, and all of our... Like God wants us to engage our minds as we worship him. He created us as human beings in his image with the capacity for reason, 
with the capacity um, to, to, to know things, with the capacity to gain wisdom. The Scripture says the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. God expects us to know and use our minds and use wisdom. We're not required to just ignore what we think we see as reality so that we can have faith. Faith is not believing in something when there is no evidence, all right? Scripture kind of points this out. John, as he talks about why he wrote the Gospel of John, right? We see all these stories about Jesus, and Jesus comes, and he he teaches, and he performs miracles, and he raises the dead. He, He does these things as signs so that what? People will believe, right? There, there are reasons to believe. And, and John talks about this. He says, in, at the end of his gospel, he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, right? So this is in John chapter 20, verse 30. And he says, I could have written a whole lot more. Uh, in fact, I don't even think I could write enough books that could tell everything that, that Jesus did. But he says this in verse 31 of chapter 20. He says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name, right? So your belief, your faith, is based on this testimony about Jesus. It is not a blind leap. It is not like a shot in the dark. It is not believing without evidence. Jesus came, lived, he taught the kingdom of God. He proclaimed the good news. He called people to repentance and faith, and he showed himself to be the Son of God. And John says, these things were written so that you may believe. There are reasons for us to have faith in Jesus. It's not just wishful thinking in the absence of evidence. There's another misconception about faith that we have to um, consider and make sure that we don't fall into the, the opposite category, the, or, uh, the other error, which is faith is not just mental agreement with a set of statements. You know, on our website, uh, I've been working on the website lately, and I wanted uh, people to know what our church believes. You know, what, what, are, what are our, uh, what are, what's the core doctrine? What do we believe about sin and God's grace and forgiveness and the sacrifice of Jesus and these types of things, right? And so on the website, I link to a couple of Foursquare documents, and these are called the Declaration of Faith or, or the Statement of Faith. What is it that, that we believe? And we can, we can list like a set of things like God created the world, God exists as the Trinity, one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Uh, God created humanity, mankind fell into sin, disobeyed God, and God set out to save them. We can can talk about these as like propositions, just statements of faith. But faith is not just agreement with a set of statements. Faith has to be lived out in our lives. James talks about this. He he describes how faith needs to have, have an impact in the way that we live. We get to turn to James chapter 2, verse 14. Any of you guys sing the Bible song while you're flipping through the Bible to try to get the, like, 
it just goes in my head, you know, like, wait, I passed it, go back. Um, James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. All right? So here James, and he goes on just a little bit, but um, he's talking about the nature of faith. And faith isn't something that you can just have in your mind and in your heart, but it's something that has to be lived out. Like there is a reality that, that plays out because we have faith in Jesus. And he gives this illustration. He says, um, if someone's in need and you're like, well, good luck to you, you know, like that doesn't do any good. And it's the same with, with faith. If you believe something, you act you ought to act on it. Because that's how you know that's what you actually believe. He says, show me, your de- show me your faith without deeds. And the point is, you can't. Prove to me that you love your wife, Jim. Oh, he did? Okay. Prove it. Prove it. How does Gretchen know that Jim loves her? It's the way that he acts toward her, right? He got, <laughs> he got closer gave her a hug, got it, all right? Thank you. Thank you for playing along. <laughs> um, like, we, we show what's going on inside of us by the way we live it out, right? And if you want to know what you truly believe or how you really feel or what you really think, examine your actions. Because when you're put in a difficult situation, what's the thing that comes out? And that's kind of like where you are and where your heart is and what you really think and how you really feel. That's what you really believe. And so if we, if we want to claim to have faith, then we need to act on it. I gave this illustration on a Wednesday night a, a few weeks ago. Um, think about those of you who are older, when your when kids were, were teenagers and uh, they were learning to drive, all right? What was that like for you, Mom? I don't want to know. Um, but... but but at what point did you, go to, or did you go from unbelief to faith? Right? The first time you drove out of the driveway, right? Because you think about riding with someone in a car. Maybe it's someone that you know and you trust, and you're like, I know that when I get in that car, I believe that they have the ability to drive this vehicle and take me where we're planning to go. I completely trust them. But if you're sitting in that car, and you're using the imaginary brake and bracing yourself the entire time that other person is driving, whether it's the teenager or the great-grandfather or whoever it may be, you don't completely have faith that they can get you there. You had some measure of faith if you got in the car, but there are some people who are like, I'm just not getting in the car. I don't, I'm not getting in the car. I don't have the faith that they can and will get me where we're going, Right? I don't know, I've known some people like that. Like, I'm just not doing that anymore, right? See, faith, from a biblical perspective, is about trust. 
it's an interpersonal thing. Like, I trust that God is who he says he is and that he is able to do what he says he will do. I trust him to do it. And so, how many times have you gotten in a car with somebody and you're just completely relaxed? Like, no stress. You're just riding, right? Because you just have complete confidence and faith and trust based on the evidence of their character and their ability. You got in the car because you just know that they can do what they're going to do. You're going to get there safely. And maybe you just even take a nap. You don't even have to watch them and coach them. You know, like, that's, that's, that's the picture of trust here. That this, this relaxing and completely um, relying on another person. And so that's interesting because it says when the work of God is to believe in the one he sent. The work of God is to trust in Jesus in that way where he, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. It's a personal thing. And, and Paul points this out. As, as you look at his description of his relationship with God, he talks about his suffering in 2 Timothy 1. He says, that's why I'm suffering as I am, yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him until that day, right? He's not, he doesn't have a belief in a set of propositions, a set of theological statements. He has a belief, a trust in a person, and he's convinced that God will take care of him until the end. Even in the midst of suffering, even when he faces hardship, God's got my back, and he's going to take care of me until the day that he comes and delivers. Does that make sense? So faith is about trust in a person. And it, like, it's this perfect ill example, and I know it's overused and it's cheesy, but it just is like the, the trust fall. Do you guys re- remember that, that kind of example where it's like you stand up and you face away and there's someone behind you and they hold their arms out and you do this and you fall back into their arms and they catch you, right? Like that's, that's a silly cheesy example, but it is a, a very good picture of what it means to trust someone because it means that you think that they want to catch you and that you think that they're able to catch you. Like, I could bring Elizabeth up here, my four-year-old. She would want to catch me. I have absolute faith that she would not move, she would not dodge, but she is not able to catch me. She would try. Like, she would absolutely try, but she's not able. So it involves those two things, that they will and that they're able. They want to and that they're able. And I trust the person of God that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. All right? So then faith, as we talked about, has to be lived out in our lives. We base what we do on it. So we're going to look at faith in action. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 1. This is often called the faith chapter. In fact, it's, it's titled in my Bible, there's a little heading here, faith in action. And it's important that we understand the context of what's going on in the book of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews has talked about how we are saved by faith. And he talks about how Jesus is the sacrifice for our sin. The the wrong things that we've done, he bears the guilt and the shame for that. He suffers in our place, and it's by his blood 
that we are able to have a clear conscience before God. All right? And so he describes this sacrifice that, that Christ has made for us. And then he looks at the, the, the people that he's writing to, and he says, so you guys need to persevere in your faith. You need to, to stay strong, trusting in Jesus, even when it's hard, even in the midst of suffering, even when you're being attacked. Trust in Jesus and his sacrifice for you. And then he goes on to describe what that relationship of trust is supposed to look like. He says, we don't belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And he picks up in chapter 11, verse 1, he says this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And it goes on describing different acts of faith by different people over generations of those who have sought after God. All right? So we see here in verse 1 that there's this description of, of faith. Now, it's important. Um, this is not what I would call a definition of faith. As our definition of faith is having trust in the person of God, right? This is a description of what that looks like and how that plays out in our lives, all right? So, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, all right? So, what that means is God has made promises to us, and this is found, again, in the previous verses. He's describing, describing the promises of salvation. And so this hope that we have isn't just hopity, changeity, good feelings kind of thing, right? It's not like, I just hope in a better tomorrow. Why? I don't know. Today was terrible, and I hope it's better. That's not what we're talking, that's not what we're talking about here. Rather, the hope is the things that God, have, that God has promised us, right? So he's coming off of God has promised you salvation, right? So then, how does my trust play out? Well, I have confidence in his promises, 
I'm convinced that it's going to come to pass, that it's going to be reality. Another translation of this is, is substance or reality. I have confidence that God is going to bring this to fruition. It will become reality. That we can be assured about the things we don't see. And again, don't get confused. This is not a blind leap. This is God has shown up. He has revealed himself to me. He has made some promises to me. So I will step out in faith when he calls me because I trust that he will look after me. So I can have assurance of things that I don't yet see. The scripture says we live by faith and not by sight. Sometimes it doesn't look good in our lives. Sometimes it doesn't look good in this relationship. Sometimes it doesn't look good at this job or whatever the scenario is. It just from a human perspective, it looks terrible, but I know that God is in the midst and based on what he has done, I will continue to walk by faith and I will step out into the unknown because God has called me there, right? And so this is what we see. It talks about Abel. It says, by faith, Abel brought an offering to God. Faith in action. Abel did something, right? It talks about Enoch. And, and it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him, right? So there is this propositional aspect. There is this statement, I believe God exists but I'm going to then seek him. I'm going to do something, and I believe that he will reward me if I do. He will show himself. Right? The scripture says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Right? We're, we're to go to God expecting him to answer. We trust that he will reveal himself as we seek him. By faith, Noah built an ark. There's no rain. There's no rain. There's no rain. Noah continues to build an ark. And he and his family are saved from the judgment because of it. By faith, Abraham obeyed. This is verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed even though he did not know where he was going. This was the land that he would receive as his inheritance. And he didn't know all the details, but he knew God, and God called him, and he stepped out, and he went. How many of you have, have been in a situation like that where God's calling you to this place and like it, you just can't see it from where you are? Remember, I, I went through a time uh, a number of years ago and um, some really difficult decisions to be made and I'm seeking God and I just don't have a clear picture and I don't have a clear answer and I can't see how it's all going to work out. And I'm, God, just show me, just, just show me, give me like the 12-step the plan that I can just, you know, I'll... Make it clear, Lord. And I remember being in a, in a worship setting one, during, one time during this period, and um, this, the worship team was playing this song, and it's called Shepherd. And one of the lines is, um, in the process and in the waiting, I'm going to be faithful, is the idea. Good shepherd, take me by my hand and lead me. And God just impressed upon me like, yeah, I can... I can tell you the entire plan and how it's going to work out, but what I'm trying to get you to do is trust me and not you. I'm trying to get you to trust my leading and not your own planning and reason and human wisdom and all these things. Will you trust me to take care of it? I want to trust you, Lord, right? Like, I'm trying to trust you, Lord. And, and God, he sometimes leads like that. 
Sometimes he gives us the plan in advance and, and tells us the big picture and what's going on. But other times, we have to learn to trust as he works it out even when we don't see it. And we see what happens with Abraham is, is God is faithful. God promised Abraham and Sarah a child, and they're well past the age of, of having a child. Like, from, from their perspective, it's just humanly impossible. But what does it say? It says, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. It wasn't just, I hope to have a child one day, but God told me, he promised me a child, I believe him to be faithful, trustworthy, reliable. Her faith was in the reliability of God. And so she act upon, acted upon it, and many nations were born through her, through this promise. All right, so let's sum this up. What do we believe, and why do we believe it? We're, 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 we're getting into some of those things. But first of all, we have to understand what it means to believe. So we're doing away with those misconceptions. Faith is not believing something for which there's no evidence. Faith is not a blind hope that things will just get better and just believe and maybe one day it'll happen. Faith is not just agreement with some theological ideas, but rather the biblical idea of faith is putting our trust in the person of God as he reveals himself to us in the world, as he reveals himself to us in his word, as he reveals himself to us by his Holy Spirit, we put our trust in him and rely on him that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. It's a personal relationship where we all want to be in that place of Paul where again he says, I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. This is the place that we want to be in faith. That we know the character of God, we know the person of God, and when he says step out, we obey, we follow, even if it doesn't look great, even if we can't see it all, like God says go because I've got you, you can trust in me. And we relax in Jesus that this is the work of God to believe in the one he has sent. Would you pray with me today? Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to study and draw near to you. Lord, you are holy. God, we thank you for the promises that we have in you and the ways that you show yourself to us, God. That, that you speak and you move in power and you do mighty acts among us, Lord. You do it because you love us. And God, I pray that we would be a people full of faith, a people full of wisdom, a people full of your Holy Spirit, that we would live, that we would follow you wherever it is that you want us to go. God, I pray that you would build us up in our faith today. In Jesus' name, amen.